God for a good report. Amen? We are absolutely believing God for a good report. A um, couple things I want to share with you before we dive off into the message this morning, and we got a lot to cover. Uh, next Sunday morning, our former ministries coordinator for the state of Georgia, Brother David Price, nothing but an old country boy. So you um, rednecks from Browntown, you'll enjoy this. Amen? Hey, or wherever else you're from. But uh, nonetheless, David Price recently retired from uh, full-time ministry uh, led in the state office. But he is a great man of God. Preached one of the greatest messages I've ever heard at Camp Meeting. Matter of fact, I'm telling this to his face. He shocked me. <laughs> he shocked me. And uh, God is going to use him right here next Sunday morning. Brother David Price, you don't want to miss that. We're going to have a great, great time there. Now, tonight at the Bay Harbor Church of God, let me say it, Bay Harbor, not the harbor here, but in Brunswick at Bay Harbor, 6 o'clock, A.J. Sains, my young protege, is going to be preaching at the Bay Harbor Church of God. We need you there. Uh, we want it to feel like home. And so when he looks out there, let him see all of your smiling faces. Amen. We'll tell both services about this. So we're going to have a great time at the Bay Harbor Church of God tonight. And uh, so y'all pray for his nerves. Pray for the anointing. Pray that God just really does something great in his life. Well, if you don't know me, I'm Mike Sainz, the lead pastor here at the Harbor. We're delighted to have you. Welcome to week two of Call Me Crazy. You and I both fit the bill well. Amen. We've done some crazy stuff in our lives. But here's what I want to talk to you about this morning, that, that God often allows crazy, insane things to happen in our life that we can't figure out. And sometime in the midst of our inability to figure it out, we quit God. And somebody tells you, well, if you was really serving God, ain't no way you'd go through that. Can I submit to you that Job was serving God when he lost all ten children? Can I say to you that, that James was serving God when they um, put his head in a guillotine and cut it off? Can I tell you that John the Baptist was serving God when Herodias' daughter asked uh, for his head on a charger? Can I tell you that, that Jesus was serving the Father when he stretched out his arms and died? Whoever told you that when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it'll be hunky-dory from now on and there'll never be any trials or tribulations, they sold you a bill of goods. They've lied to you. Conversely, I would say that you and I ought to be willing to suffer hardship for Jesus Christ. The Bible says the disciples counted it a joy when they were beaten for the Lord. So let me read this to you, and I'll dive off into it. In Acts chapter 16, I'm going to read from the NIV version. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 uh, through 24 to set the stage. Paul says, once we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are the servants of the Most High God, telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days, and finally Paul becomes so annoyed that he turned around and he said to her, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. So he turned around and he did not say to her, he said to the spirit that was inside of her. 
Too many times you and I are addressing the person and not the problem. Anyway, he said he turned and he said to the spirit, come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. And when her owners, now see, we got a problem here because she's a slave girl. She's got an owner. He says, um, and this don't have nothing to do with black and white. It has to do with the way it was back then. But nonetheless, she, uh, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. When you start messing with somebody's money, look out. They brought them there uh, to the magistrates and said, watch this, these men are Jews and they're, you see, there again, this is a racial thing. These men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. They wanted to say that so that they would have a reason to discipline them. They didn't really have a beef. But if they could convince the authorities that they were messing with their customs. By the way, that's the same thing they accused Jesus of. Just so you know. Because they couldn't find him. Matter of fact, even when they examined Jesus of that, all, all three that examined him said, I find no fault in him. I cannot find any proof of the accusations that you are asking me to examine. So the Bible says, verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be, watch this, stripped beaten with rods, and then severely flogged. Now, I thought it was enough just to say stripped and beaten with rods. But then severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer commanded them to guard them carefully, and when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in, or their feet in the stalks. So here's what you've got to understand today. I want you to know this if you don't know anything else, and that is God uses adverse circumstances and situations for his glory. God uses adversity. God uses bad situations in my life and in your life to bring him glory. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why he does it that way. And I guess I'll just stand in line to ask him when I get there. I would go so far as to say that God not only allows these kinds of situations, but God often designs such a situation to allow me to get into to bring him glory. Let me give you an example since some of y'all are looking at me like that. When the devil came to the throne of God and God said, well, what have you been doing? He said, well, I've been walking up and down on the earth seeking whom I may devour. God said, have you considered... My servant Job. In other words, God put the devil up to doing all this foolishness to Job. And so, uh, but, but God often designs and employs such circumstances and situations to reach people that would other not, otherwise not be reached. This is crazy. So here's Paul and Silas. They're preaching. And the Bible says that they're on their way to pray. They're going to a place of prayer that they had been going to every day for several weeks while they were in this city. We're on our way to pray, and this girl had done got up early in the morning, following behind him. These be the men that are the most high God, and they're the ones getting people saved around here. And on this particular day, Paul had had enough. So he turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, that demon spirit, to come out of her. And at that moment, let me say to you, the girl was free. 
The spirit did come out of her. And, and the slave owners, I mean, they got mad, boy, they got mad. Because now their fortune teller has been delivered from the demon possession and can no longer tell fortunes. No longer wants to tell fortunes. No longer prostitutes her services out to her pimps, if you will. But they brought them before the magistrates and said, these guys are advocating customs. I want to tell you something. When you look at this, it's ironic that they spoke these very same things about Jesus. There's a racial element into it. There's a social element. They said, this is unlawful. And then there's a traditional element. This is not our custom. This is not our practice. So... It's important for you to know that God uses adverse circumstances and crazy situations because if you don't understand that God can use these kind of things, you might be inclined to think that God does not notice what you're going through. You would say something like, well, pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't get how bad my situation is. And I'm trying to tell you that God allows the craziest uh, most awkward, weird situations and somehow still works it out for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if you find yourself today in, in, in the craziest thing you've ever seen, I mean, it is a twisted up mess. I'm telling you, that is the premier place for God to show up. Hey, I'm going to preach it whether you like it or not. So the Bible said... In Acts chapter 16, not only had they uh, stripped them, that's embarrassing to start with, not only had they beaten them with rods, they severely flogged them. I can hear people coming along and say, well, if you were really serving Jesus, they wouldn't have stripped you like that. They wouldn't have beat you with, with a rod and then come back and severely flogged you and then come back and put you in jail, not on the outer perimeter, but in the inner court and fastened your feet and your hands. I mean, you're really, really, really bad off, and God don't see you, and he don't care about you. You see, these are, are what things are, are things that people would say. But the Bible said in verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying, and they were singing hymns unto God and other prisoners. If you'll look at verse 25, it said, and other prisoners we're listening to them. I want to stop for station identification and tell you when you're in the craziest place in your life and you really don't understand why you're in this spot, other people are listening and watching. Don't you lose your mind and give up on God while everybody's watching. Are you with me? The Bible says others were there and they were watching and listening to them. And suddenly... There was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison was shaken. Don't ever think that you're in a situation so, so secure and so hemmed in by circumstances that God can't show up. <clears throat> Hello? Don't you ever think, I know this is crazy, but call me crazy. There is no place that God cannot go. He makes the cloud his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He walks on the waves of the water. Are you with me? Say amen. He walked in the midst of a fiery furnace. He is God, and there's not a wall that can keep him out. There's not a board, a board that can keep him out. There's not a door that can keep him out. There's not, there's not a security team that can keep him out. <laughs> well, 
The Bible says they were praying and singing hymns and all of a sudden the prison doors were open. And let, let, let me say this. Not only was everybody watching and listening, when God showed up, everybody got free. The Bible said their chains and stocks fell off and so did everyone else's. Watch this. The jailer woke up and when the prison doors was open, he drew his sword and he's about to kill himself. You understand, because in that day, the, the, I mean, the jailer received whatever the sentence was. There were some there that was perhaps on death row. And so he decides, I might as well kill myself and die with some dignity. So he grabbed his sword and he's about to kill himself. Watch this. But Paul shouted and said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Call me crazy. The chains fell off and the doors opened up and I ain't going nowhere. I just feel like preaching right now. I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about Paul. Paul says, I know it's time to go and everybody else says I ought to go. Everybody else saying they must be crazy, but I just feel a good moving of the Holy Ghost to tell somebody. And you know what he was there to tell? He was there to tell the jailer, I'm not the one in prison, really. You're the one in prison. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Call me crazy, but I'm going to sing the praise of my God in the middle of the night. When I've been wrongly accused, when I've been illegally beaten, when I have been detained without reason, my situation will not determine my attitude, but my attitude will determine my situation. Somebody give God praise. Instead of complaining for and calling on God to judge their enemies, these two men prayed and praised God. Yeah. And when you're in pain, the midnight hour is not the easiest time for a sacred concert. But Job said, God gave me a song in the night. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, any fool can sing in the daytime when it's easy to read the notes of the music. But God gave me a song when I couldn't see the notes. <laughs> God gave me something to be joyful about when I couldn't see a reason to be joyful, when it looked like all hope was gone. I had been beaten. I had been stripped. I had been severely flogged. I had been cheated. I, the, the society was against me. The magistrates and the authorities was against me. But if God be for me, who can be against me? Are you with me? Say amen now. So, so I need to... Yeah. it's important to understand that God uses adverse circumstances situations. Secondly, because if you don't understand that, you might think that God don't know where you are and what you're going through. So here's what I need you to do today if you don't do anything else. I need you to look for and find what God is trying to show you in your adverse situation. I need you... I, here it is. I need you to look for and find the will of God in the craziness of your life right now. And we got some craziness going on. But find the will of God for the craziness in your life. Listen, you see the earthquake shook the prison, but God shook the jailer. Well, 
the doors opened, the chains fell off. Call me crazy. I, I, I should run, but I'm going to stay. Call me crazy. Here's my chance to go, but now I've got to stay. The storm reveals the kind of foundation you have. The jailer responds when the doors are open and the chains are released. He's about to kill himself. He knows the penalty's severe, but Paul all of a sudden feels the evangelist rise up in him. Somehow he caught the second verse. Now that's mycology, it ain't in the Bible. But maybe it was the bridge, I don't know. Maybe he was headed back to the course. But he struck up something and felt like, oh man, I ain't got Adam here on the keyboard. I don't have the guitar going, nor the drums. He said, but I've got a song in the middle of the night. Amen. I have got something that God wants me to say here, and I'm going to say it or die trying. So he says, God allowed this craziness. Here's what I want you to understand something. God allowed this craziness. See, sometimes we think and we're told that if we're serving God, everything's going to be easy and we're not going to have a hardship. And that, you know, but the opposite is often true. You see, without a doubt, it was the will of God for Paul and Silas to go to jail. Without a doubt, it was the will of God for them to suffer. Stripped, beaten, severely flogged thrown in prison without a trial. And I want to lay today to look at the craziness in your life and just tell somebody here today that, you know what, it is okay that you were hurt. Mm. I didn't come to church to hear that today, Pastor. It's okay that you got the mail that you got yesterday. It's okay that, that, that things have gone crazy and your family hates you, Maybe. It's okay of, of all of this, but why, Pastor? How do you say that? And why, why do I need to look for the will of God and find the will of God in the craziness in my life? Well, I'm glad you asked because God absolutely has a purpose in the crazy, and you might even go so far to say stupid things that's happening in my life. There is a purpose. Now, here's what Paul said. Right now, we see through a glass darkly. We don't, we don't see. How many ever put on a welder's hat? A welder's hat. It's really, really, really dark until you get in the middle of a very, very bright light. When you put it down and then all of a sudden a stick hits that metal, it's so bright. Now, can I tell you about how bright Jesus is? The Bible said he outshines the sun in the noonday. But here's something you need to know about that welder's hat. Boy, I wish I had one right here that I could show you. You can't even see anything virtually. Until he lights up. Until that stick lights up, you can't see it. And I'm telling you, there's things in your life right now that you can't see the reason why you're going through it. You can't understand why you are. It don't feel right. It don't look right. And everybody else is saying, well, if he, God really loved you, this wouldn't be happening in your life. What do they know? Hello? You might want to look back and say, what have you been through? What is your testimony? Is your hand in the hand of God? Do you have any authority to say that in my life? I don't allow just everybody to speak into my life. I mean, on Facebook, everybody's a prophet. Y'all understand that, right? My Lord, thus saith the Lord this and that and the other. Hogwash. Listen, you, you can't believe every spirit. Uh, you see, it is touching uh, to, to see the change in the attitude. I want you to see this. The jailer had a change of heart. It was the jailer who was the prisoner. You heard me say that. It's touching to see the attitude of a jailer. Watch this. Oh, man, y'all better buckle your seatbelt. 
The jailer was one of the ones who had severely whipped them, had flogged them, had ordered them stripped down and beat them within an inch of their life. And it is amazing to see the same jailer who just now beat them, who's crying and washing their legs in the stripes and soothing their wounds. Let me say this, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, you will try to soothe the wounds that you have inflicted on other people. Hey, hey, it was only just a little bit ago that he did that, but now he's sorry, he's crying, he's soothing the wounds of somebody he had inflicted great pain upon. Call me crazy, but I'm going to wash the stripes that I just laid 10 minutes ago. One of the evidences of true repentance is a long desire and a loving desire to make restitution and reparation where you can. We should also cleanse the wounds that we've inflicted. And that, my friend, is where it takes God. Because you ain't going to do that without a change right here. You ain't going back to wash the wounds of somebody that just beat you like that until God gets this right. I'm telling you, in the craziness of your life, in the foolishness of all the things that's going on, God can get this right. And when he gets that right, you don't really care what people think. You don't care that you're embracing these people now. Lord, let me, let me try to move on. And Paul had gone through some hard things just so that you don't think that this was an isolated incident. I want to just show you some more crazy things Paul went through. But he was willing. Watch this. And I'm going to try to land this thing. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul said, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know, the, I, know I sound like a madman, but I've served far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. Faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from the rivers and the robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as the Gentiles. I faced danger in the city. Danger in the desert and on the seas. I have faced danger from the men who claim to be believers but are not. You see, uh, from false brothers. I have worked hard and long, endured many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food. I've shivered in the cold, even without clothing to keep me warm. And then besides all of this, I have the daily burden of the concern for the churches. Paul says, this ain't been no bed of roses. I've been through hell. But I know who I'm going for. I know who I'm suffering for. I know that at that last day, there's a crown of righteousness that he shall give to me. And not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. Those who are looking for him. Listen, you're going through some crazy mess in this life. But God has got a reason to keep the faith. Well, stand with me if you will. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. 
Paul said to the Thessalonians, you know how badly they treated me at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us courage to declare the good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. I'm telling you, uh, it, it, it's amazing what happened. Let, let, let me read this to you. I, I'm going to tie this up right here. He said, uh, the jailer called for a light and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought him out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You might be in a situation like this just so somebody asks you. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you, watch this, and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others that was in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. He, watch this, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jail with an order. Release those men. The jailer told Paul. And, uh, excuse me. The jailer told Paul that's what they said to me. The magistrates have ordered that you be released and Silas. So now you can go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial. Even though, watch this, this is the first time he said this to them. We are Roman citizens. Uh-oh. That means they could be killed for doing that. Let me tell you this. God always has the last laugh. Now, now I'm going to show you how good Paul was. He didn't get a hold of the Roman authorities and, and, and push this issue. But he says, they beat us publicly without a trial. And even though we're Roman citizens, they threw us in prison. And now do they want us to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that, Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. They were alarmed. And they came to appease them and escorted them to the prison, requesting them to leave their city. God has a way of turning crazy circumstances around. Amen. And there's those here today, you're in the middle of crazy circumstances and you don't understand why you're there. I'm telling you, God's got a reason. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you this. You say, Pastor, it is crazy in my life right now. And I don't understand it. And I've been on the cusp of giving up. I want to see your hand. Can I see your hand now? Come on, man, hands going up. Just be honest with God. Take a moment. Hands up if there's craziness in my life and I don't get it. I don't understand it. I wouldn't be scared to say 20 hands or more has gone up 25 hands. I want to pray for you because I want you to understand that God does care what you're going through. He is not sleeping. He, he's not gone away somewhere, but he knows exactly what you're going through. And I want to pray that God will attend to the craziness in your life. And here's how it happens. Our host mentioned a moment ago. Instead of complaining in the middle of that foolishness, try something crazy with me. And I know it's crazy. I know it's, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. But try to praise God in the middle of that foolishness. And you will find an amazing, calming peace that passes understanding.
that you're in the middle of this like Paul. You've been beaten and you've been flogged and you've been incarcerated unjustly without a trial. And you just decide, you know what? They can do all of that. They can lock me up. They can lie on me. They can talk negatively. But they cannot silence my praise. As long as there is breath in my body, I will praise the Most High God. And when you begin to do that, it touches God's heart. And He begins to put some things in motion. So let me pray for you now. Father, for those who raise their hands, adverse circumstances and situations in their life, I ask you, Lord, right now to go to that crazy place. People have said, y'all are crazy. There ain't no way. This is stupid. We serve a God that is able to fix a crazy situation. You might be watching on the internet right now and you say, I just don't know about, Pastor, you don't know my circumstance or my situation. No, but God does. And what God says is I can take that crazy, foolish, stupid thing that has come to throw you all into into chaos. I can speak peace in the midst of your storm. In Jesus' name, sing that song, Adam. Here I am to bow down. Come on, why don't you just do that? Here I am to say that. Right in the middle of a crazy place. I'm here to worship you. You are all together lovely. (laughs) Even if I'm in prison, you are wonderful. Wonderful to me. You might have got the worst news that you could ever dream of getting. Take a moment right now and worship Him in the middle of it. It'll change your life. It'll change your circumstances. Oh, say it again. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin sin upon that cross cross. hallelujah here Here I I am am to to worship in spite of my circumstance in spite of the craziness in my life I'm here to say you're my God altogether lovely you're altogether worthy you're altogether wonderful to me give the Lord praise as our host comes with you